Well, so thank you so much. It's, it's a pleasure to be here in the Elephant British Pub for the first ever Adelaide Podcast Festival. What a treat. And this huge audience is going off. Yay! Podcasts are not necessarily normally recorded live, so we'll do our best to cope with the, the live situation. Um, but I'm really excited today. I've got my guest, Peter Drew, here. And I'll let Peter introduce himself in a minute. But just a little bit to set the scene. Be The Drop is a podcast about communication that connects. So I'm really looking to investigate uh, people who I think embody Be The Drop. And Be The Drop is based on a quote called, a waterfall begins with one drop. And for me, these people motivate and inspire action through their communication. And so I'm really interested in finding out what are the key characteristics of that and you know, how are these people motivating and inspiring their community? So thank you, Peter, for joining me. Thanks for having me. On our next episode of Be The Drop. Now, as an introduction, I always ask my guests to bring in an item of significance, and that's something that connects them and their community. So I see you've brought yours, and I'd love you to tell us about that and how it connects you. Well, I make posters. Uh, I'll just show you this one. That's, so it says, Ghana land, uh, real Australians seek welcome. It's the third and final segment of a poster project I started a couple of years ago. Um, started with the phrase, real Australians say welcome. And I, I thought with the phrase, real Australians say welcome, it's, it's sort of, uh, it's only, it really tells half the story because obviously if, it, if being welcoming is a part of being Australian, then also looking back at how this country was formed and what that, what that entails, how that sort of sh uh, shapes our identity. So I think in, if you put those two statements together, that real Australians say welcome and real Australians seek welcome, it's, uh, it, it actually reveals that Australian identity is kind of a, it's actually a lot more complex than what we might think. I think there's this sort of tired, cliched view of Australian, Australianness, which is really simple. In actual fact, it's sort of, uh, it's complex and that's one of the things I love about it, so. Sensational. Now, so you've created these beautiful posters and I know that you've put them around many places across Australia. From this action and, and this project, um, what sort of community have you built? Who is this community? So uh, for a long time I made street art before I started doing this stuff. And so I had a sort of a following of people that like street art. But more recently it's been people that are interested in Australian identity and how it's changing. But I mean, I I've stuck up thousands of these posters around Australia. And so it's really uh, anyone who uses public space, which is the great thing about it, is that the, the community that I'm trying to build uh, not necessarily people that just agree with me. Uh, I also want people that disagree with my points of view uh, involved as well. And that's what makes street art and public space so terrific. It's, a, it's an ancient forum. It's the place where all people get together. And so that's what I love about street art. Yeah, it sort of brings back the ancient Greeks amphitheatre sort of stuff. Sure, yeah. absolutely. Bringing in public conversation. So you mentioned that you've been doing street art for a while. How long has it then taken to build this community? You've got quite a, an active and a large community now. What sort of time frame has it taken? Well, it'll be something like eight years or so that I've been making street art in various forms, but it's only been the last few years that it's been more directed at uh, Australian identity, and that's really what's, um, what's made it grow a lot. I went away to study in Glasgow for a year, and uh, during that time I thought a lot about what it meant to be Australian 
and the Australian uh, federal election was on at the time. So I was over in Scotland trying to, and when you go overseas, you suddenly, you become Australian. People go, oh, he's Peter the Australian guy. You know, and then you think, oh, what does, it, what does it actually mean to be Australian? You start to think about what values you agree with or which ones you don't. And I sort of thought, well, if that's going to be imposed upon you, then you should sort of own it and, and have something to say about it. And so that's when the art sort of became more political. And then I sort of came back here and started the project a lot more. And to you and this project, what has the value been in building a community? You've got this diverse community around it. What value does that bring to the project? Well, that's everything. I mean, because without people being involved, saying what their opinions are, then there's, then what's the point of it? I mean, and it's the people that follow, obviously the people that follow what I do online are usually people that agree, agree with uh, my points of view. But really, the people that I want to get through to most are, because like, just say if we talk about it politically, there's people on the left and on the right and sort of on their extremes. But the people in the middle they're the ones that don't really have as enough of a voice. And a lot of the time, they might be fearful, especially these days, more and more. And, and I meet them on the street, and they're the ones that you can just talk to and will say, well, what does this mean? Real Australians say, welcome. What is it? And, and if you can talk to them about it, then a lot of the time you can get through. But in the media, often things are just sort of shattered from one extreme of politics to the other. And that sort of middle voice is, uh, gets left out. That's why with the very first, the very first poster, the real Australians say welcome. It was inspired by the Australian national anthem. Because there's a line in the national anthem that says, for those who come across the seas with boundless plans to share, with courage, let us all combine to advance Australia fair. That's actually a really interesting thing to have in any national anthem. The part which really struck me was, with courage, let us all combine. Because why courage? Like, why does it take courage to combine? And what it suggests is that overcoming fear is not, it, it takes courage. It's a hard thing to be able to go, well, these people seem really different. Um, you need to have courage to overcome it. And that's, that's, it gets left out of the rhetoric. The rhetoric is always just like, love multiculturalism. If you don't, then you're racist. And, and it's, it just gets simplified. And, and in a way, my posters are very sort of uh, simplistic. And I always thought it was, you know, it was a way of trying to parody just how dumb the debate can get. So, yeah. Yeah. So it's obviously, as you said, it can be quite combative. And, yeah. you know, there's a lot of, in that middle ground, a lot of unknown and uncertainty. What is it that you think through your project, you're uniting people, how you're bringing people together in that area that can be conflicting? The idea really is to still give people something to be proud of. I think that being welcoming and having that courage is something to be very proud of. Um, and also having the courage to look back at our past and say, this is how Australia was formed. Sort of the courage to look the truth in the eye and to, um, and to face up to it. And I think, that's, I think that's what people are afraid of when you, you sort of uh, try to shame them into having more progressive views. It's a terrible way to go about trying to change the world. Having courage, being welcoming, these are our greatest strengths. They make us stronger, not uh, weaker. And it, it, it essentially gives people something to unite around. That's why, I mean, th these aren't new ideas. It's in our national anthem. People knew it back then. They knew it hundreds of years ago. Um, it's just, I think, the way the debate gets simplified uh, in this day and age and sort of squished into little uh, tweets, it makes it a lot harder to realise those uh, sort of enduring truths. So once you've got people, you know, in that safe space where that you're trying to remove that guilt and, and the shame and and open that conversation. What is it that you think 
then actually motivates them to take action. So, for example, you're currently fundraising yep. your next round of posters yep. and you're asking people to contribute money towards this project. What do you think is the key thing that actually motivates them to do that, to put money into it? A feeling of unity, strangely enough. It's you know a feeling of being a part of Australia and and, uh, and a pride of, uh, of what we have and how um, welcoming this place can be. Yeah, that should be something that we're proud of. I mean, I, I, for me, a lot of this started way back when I was in school when the, uh, the Cronulla riots happened. You know, and at that point, Australian identity got shaken up. And, I, and I, obviously I thought what was happening was awful, but I really didn't like the way people just sort of let that part of our identity get hijacked and, and taken away. Like, because I grew up in, in the 80s with the centenary and just how optimistic uh, Australian identity was. And so there should be, we, you know, we should celebrate those things as, as much as we can. So obviously, you know, if you're presenting opinions that you know some people would disagree with, there's going to be challenges involved in that. What do you think has been the biggest challenges for you in getting these messages out? Probably the biggest challenges in the long term is just is having an audience and sort of and taking them on a journey in a way because if you have a, a good community around you, they want to see your message grow and develop. So the Real Australians say welcome. It is about uh, asylum seekers, but more generally, it's about you know Australia having a welcoming nature. And so that's different to this being about Ghana land and all the different Aboriginal language groups. But the two the two are sort of are connected. So. Being, being able to take people on that journey and show the connections. Obviously, people would have got involved in the beginning and they were like the people that were really into asylum seekers' rights. And they might not be as interested in Aboriginal language groups. And so telling the story that connects those two to bring people along, is, is that's the, the difficulty, um, that's the challenge. Yeah, so and obviously I have a passion for storytelling. Um, what you found has been the most successful platform for you to tell those stories? Uh, it was a combination of online and on the street. Yeah, obviously, a lot of the discussion happens online. That's where people comment and, and share things. That's where people find the answers for what they've found on the street. They'll see a poster, it doesn't really have anyone's name on it, and they'll go, what is that? And they'll find the hashtag and whatever. Yeah, and with your fundraising campaign, how have you found those go and, and what sort of way do you get people to get involved and motivated with that? Usually uh, sort of run it in a pretty similar way each time. I'll have a, a video that explains the whole thing that hopefully has uh, a bit of humour in it and shows that it's, it doesn't have to be such a heavy-handed topic and there'll be a, sort of a bunch of rewards for people to, to get by donating. Obviously, I'm making posters so people can have posters from the project. Um, and then once I go out sticking up the posters, uh, it's, uh, the story develops. You know, I'm going to each place, meeting people and finding people that support it, people that don't. And so there's, yeah, the story just sort of uh, tells itself. And you mentioned video there and, and we've done some video work together before. Um, video is just becoming increasingly popular. We're just seeing so much more video content in our social feeds. Why do you think that is? What, what do you think is so powerful about video as a medium? I guess that the, well, I mean, the real reason why it's changed very recently is because the platforms have, have opened up to make it stream so much faster. It's, it's almost difficult to remember, but you know, a couple of years ago, Facebook didn't sort of have video on it in the way that it does now. So, um, and then a lot of the times you have to have text on it that you might not notice that you people are watching videos without even listening to the sound. So adding text is a, is a big part of that, so yeah. Yeah, I think it's something like 74% people don't listen with sound to videos. 
Yeah, well, I'm one of those. I just, yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> and we both create video content. Yeah. But anyway, okay, well, that brings us to the end of our questions. But when I conclude uh, an interview, I always ask my guests to finish with their be the drop tip. And that's your top communication tip. So, Peter, could you please share with us your be the drop tip? So the most important thing for me uh, would be, to, and I like to sort of give advice which is slightly unconventional, but is to listen to people's criticism. <laughs> because usually people will say, just, you know, know yourself and just, just do exactly what you think. Well, it's just, that's nonsense and everyone knows that because, because a lot of the time you have an idea about how the world is and you're wrong and, or at least it's not quite right. And so... You need to uh, keep learning, and the only way you can do that is by listening uh, to the people that strongly disagree with you. Now, that, that doesn't mean sort of crumble whenever someone disagrees with you, but at least listen and figure out what it is that is motivating them to, in my case, really hate what it is that I'm doing. So, um, so I, I do. I really pay attention, and I and I and I sort of like receiving criticism of that sort because a lot of time it's very helpful because I have a lot of sympathy for, for people that really disagree with me. Like I, I feel like my, my true opinions are, are much more in the middle than, than most people would probably um, presume. And, and if you're just accepting people patting you on the back all the time, you're not evolving, you're not learning, you're just sort of staying still creating a little bubble around yourself. Yeah, listen listen to the haters is my advice. Yeah, oh, that's fantastic. Well, um, it reminded me of a book, Hug Your Haters, you know, yeah. Jay Bear. It's a great book. You might like that one. But thank you so much, Peter, for joining me, and thank you, everyone, for having us here at The Elephant and British. <laughs> and I think we did it in time. Yeah. A couple of minutes. Anyone have any questions from the, the audience? We'll just shout it out, the room's not that big. Have you ever had any haters where you actually thought, shut up, that's rubbish? Yeah, I've, I've had people um, come up to me and just, uh, well, the same sort of people that, you come, that write comments online, where they're not, they don't really want a discussion, they just want to let you know that they hate what you're doing and they want you to stop. And in my case, when they go away, they're going to come back and, and rip up my posters. And there's, you know, you try to talk, but sometimes people are just, like, it's a sport to them, you know, that, that sort of um, uh, getting angry and, um, and hating on things is a bit of a sport. And I'm just not interested in, in playing that. So you just sort of walk away and put up posters elsewhere. So, yeah. So pick the criticism. Yeah, no, no not, don't just, like, you know, bathe in hatred. Like, you know, it's sort of... <laughs> There are, there are things, you know, specific things to be learned, yeah. Anyone else? Well, if you're a real Australian, say, welcome, uh, slogan, hurrah from the real event, say, what real event right sort of thing? Yeah, exactly. Like, it's a, it's a parody of, of how simplistic uh, chauvinism can be, or sort of like, you know, you don't love it, leave, um, stop the boats, um, you know, when, when things get broken down into really simple phrases, it's sort of, people can see the irony in real Australians say welcome, because what a nation is uh, fundamentally is, is, is defined by its boundaries. If it is defined by the fact that it is welcoming, then it's sort of, it's, it's contradictory in a way. So, and I think, I think most people that followed the, that slogan saw it as a, um, as a kind of a parody of, of the other side. Cool, I think we're done. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to Be The Drop Podcast. 
be sure to subscribe in iTunes or your favourite podcast app. Leave us a review or share with someone who is looking to improve their communication. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram at B underscore the underscore drop or visit our website narrativemarketing.com.au and click on the podcast tab. If you or somebody you know embodies Be The Drop, email us via podcast at narrativemarketing.com.au. New episodes are released each Monday, so make sure you don't miss out by checking in every week.